for me, it was the right fit you know, against the New York Giants. Like, this is this is the New York Giants. If you don't like it, then you're welcome to leave. But that's the way that we do things around here. Man, I'm so blessed. It's crazy. I've been manifesting New York. I, I kind of had a feeling it was going to be New York, but now that we're here, man, God is good. Once a giant, always a giant. For me, it's only a giant. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of All In with Art Stapleton, a New York Giants podcast brought to you by the USA Today Network. I'm your aforementioned host, Art Stapleton, and it's Super Bowl weekend, Super Bowl 57, out in Arizona, the Kansas City Chiefs against the Philadelphia Eagles. Obviously, we know who most Giants fans are rooting for, uh, and if Kadarius Tony has to hit the end zone in order to keep the Eagles off the podium from hoisting the Vince Lombardi trophy for a second time. I would imagine most of you loyal listeners will deal with that on today's show. You got them. It's just me. No guests. We're going to recap NFL honors from last night. More specifically, Brian Dable is the NFL coach of the year. After a very good 10-win, one win in the playoffs included, rookie season as head coach at any level, well-deserved for Dable, and we'll get into really looking at his full season and full year as a coach and really what struck me as his strength in terms of how he developed this team, how he put this team together, obviously with guidance from general manager Joe Shane, the personnel department, and the way things kind of took shape for the 2022 Giants. But that's what this show is all about. We're going to reflect on Dable's season, his Coach of the Year honors. We're going to talk about his staff. Obviously, things are still hanging out there. The futures of offensive coordinator Mike Kafka, Defensive coordinator Wink Martindale. We'll get into that uh, as part of this show. Wanted to thank you again. I mentioned the the listeners and the fan base for this podcast. It's much appreciated. I do always appreciate feedback. We close the second season. Our trip to the Combine is booked. So whether you consider that Season 2.5 of doing the draft season and everything that comes with it, we will bring all in all the way through as the Giants put one season to bed and end up refocusing and getting ready for a new season. But let's start with Dable last night, my impressions, you know, I think back to his introductory press conference and he came in wearing a suit as as we've all seen the staged entrance when he's driving the blue pickup truck and everyone's put music to that, which I always get a kick out of. Uh, and of course, someone had to create a Twitter account about Dable arrivals uh, and put different music to that. Uh, I remember being at that news conference and kind of joking with Dave's a little bit. And, you know, he said that day, what you see is what you get. And I think what we saw was a guy who was comfortable in his own skin and wasn't just talking about it and had a plan and was going to stick to his plan. 
I thought it was very interesting that the previous three head coaches in their introductory press conference all referenced the Super Bowl. Brian Dable did not when he was introduced last January. I think it was January 31st, if I'm not mistaken. So what I remember from that day is Dable just looked so uncomfortable. I say he looked comfortable in his own skin. He looked so uncomfortable in that suit that he was wearing And I said to him, I said, how long until you take off that suit? He said, about 15 seconds after I get out of the field house after the press conference. So he kind of showed a little bit of his personality there. Was making fun of uh, Chris Bizignano uh, from Giant Insider about his uh, South Carolina accent. Obviously, if anyone's heard Chris, uh, he's got a deep New York accent. Even though he roots for the Boston Red Sox, I'm not really sure. Uh, where that came about, but um, you know that was joke. He he made fun of another reporter for coming in late to the news conference when he asked the question. Uh, and I think you know Dable tried to develop a rapport early, and he was pretty genuine in terms of what he did for this team. Now you got to put in perspective what they were able to accomplish this year. I know the great start and then the the middle of the season where the Giants faced a little bit more tougher competition. Uh, I think it is funny how we all look back on that tie and people consider that tie almost as a loss. They refer to the the tie to Washington as a loss. Um, So that's either here nor there. But as far as the losses that they had in that time frame, you know, the Detroit Lions were playing as well as anyone in the league in that stretch. And it really started the week before they played the Giants when they beat Green Bay. And then the game against the Eagles was a blowout. It was ugly. Saquon Barkley was banged up that day. Uh, you know, so we all knew the talent difference, disparity between the Eagles and the Giants. And then when the season turned it back up, winning that game at Washington on that Sunday night really set everything up, and it said a lot about Dable and his coaching staff. And I think that was the moment where this season was stamped, that game Sunday night in Washington. Two weeks prior, they had the disappointing tie in overtime. Then they got really manhandled on both sides of the ball by the Eagles. So that was really a gut check. The Giants knew if they lost at Washington, they probably weren't making the playoffs. And what I remember from that week is thinking to myself, as seasoned and experienced a coach as Ron Rivera is, I trusted the Giants coaching staff to be ready for that rematch. And I think to truly appreciate what Dable and the Giants did this season, I think you have to look at the word alignment. And not just with the front office or the personnel department. How he built this staff was very key to their success. And I think, you know, I wrote about this midway through the season, about how this staff came together. The idea that when Dable was hired, he started bringing on assistant coaches 
even before the coordinators were hired. And his biggest thing was, I want it to be a collaboration. And he didn't just say it, he made it. As the interview process went along, every coach that was hired, and really one of the first, if not the first, was Jerome Henderson, the defensive backs coach who worked with Dable not only with the Jets, but also with the Cleveland Browns prior. Jerome was a holdover from Joe Judge's staff. Jerome Henderson sat in on the interviews for defensive coordinator for Wink Martindale's interview. And the way Dable went about picking his coaching staff was the idea that he wanted everyone on the staff invested in those choices. So when Wink Martindale is being interviewed and Jerome Henderson is one of the people asking questions of his potential future coordinator that he has to work with, that's valuable information for Brian Dable. And as it went along, you know, Bobby Johnson was hired as offensive coordinator, as offensive line coach. He's asking questions of Mike Kafka in his interview for offensive coordinator. That brings out a different perspective for Dable. And I think the best thing he did about this coaching staff, well, two things. One was that, that process. But also, two, he was unafraid and not threatened one bit by bringing in coaches that he really didn't have much experience working with. Did not work with Wink Martindale. Did not work with Mike Kafka. Not only brings in Mike Kafka, but ultimately develops a plan where he turns the play calling over to Mike Kafka. And I think the way he built this staff played a huge role in getting to where the Giants did for year one. Now, as I said with my interview with Tom Coughlin on the last episode, if you haven't listened to that, please do. 30 minutes with the two-time Super Bowl champion coach for the Giants, future Hall of Famer in my book. If you look look at that not being threatened by coaches you bring and making the leap from year one to year two, as Coughlin said, you have to keep that hunger. And that's going to be the challenge for Brian Dable. Keep the hunger for your players. Don't feel satisfied. That was a big problem going from year one to year two for Ben McAdoo. The last time the Giants were in the playoffs. They needed to make that transition. And they failed at it. And I think that will get into it more in this offseason about how Dable will go about doing that. How will you maintain that hunger for this team? You can't use the same blueprint twice in the NFL. If you do, you're really asking for problems. So how Dable evolves, how this team evolves in year two will be a big, big storyline for the Giants going into the 2023 season. So Dable wins coach of the year. He's the first Giants coach to win Coach of the Year since Jim Fossil, the late Jim Fossil in 1997. Huge feather in the cap for Dable moving forward. You know, I'm not surprised that his acceptance speech, he takes the award from Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, kept it short and sweet, mentioned Joe Shane, mentioned obviously his family, his players, his coaches, ownership in the building, 
a real collaboration. And that's what I thought when I wanted to sit down and record this podcast. That was a huge point of emphasis for Dable was collaboration. And he followed through on it. Most coaches talk about it. He followed through on it. Now, when comparing Dable to Doug Peterson in Jacksonville and Nick Sirianni in Philly, who was not a finalist, and Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco, you need the context of where Dable was coming from, where the Giants were coming from. Five straight seasons with at least 10 losses. The most losses in the NFL tied with the Jets since 2017. And not only do they make the playoffs, they win 10 games. Nine in the regular season, one in the playoffs against Minnesota. To me, I take that context and those circumstances with the roster the way it was, with the constraints that they had in the front office the first year, a first-year head coach at any level. And I think Dayball was deserving. And obviously the AP voters agreed. And he is the coach of the year. Now, before we wrap up the show, I want to look at the coaching situations that are hanging over Dable's staff. Wake Martindale, still a finalist in Indianapolis. My sense is, as Jim Irsay, the owner, came out and said they will not hire someone until next week. or it will, not, not that, that it will be a matter of days, not hours. I think they're looking at Shane Steichen or Steichen the offensive coordinator for the Eagles. I think after the Super Bowl, I think the Indy Colts will make a play for him. Arizona is a little more interesting. Mike Kafka is a finalist with Lou Anarumo, Staten Island Lou, former defensive backs coach for the Giants before he went to the Bengals and became their defensive coordinator. Did a great job in Cincinnati. Did a great job here with the Giants on Pat Shermer's first staff. And there has to be another wrinkle here, in my mind, that they're waiting for somebody to try to make a run at somebody after the Super Bowl. Because why wouldn't you just make a hire before the Super Bowl? Lou Anarumo was going to interview again on Friday. Mike Kafka interviewed again earlier this week. So we'll see. Now, I think personally, Brian Dable... Neither hire would be great for the Giants, but I think they would be able to handle both of them. You don't want to see Wink Martindale leave. This entire defense is built in his image. You want to see Wink Martindale back. You don't want to see him leave. Then all of a sudden, Drew Wilkins, offense, uh, the outside linebackers coach, probably goes to become D.C. in Indianapolis. The work that Wilkins did this year with Kayvon Thibodeau, with Aziz Ojolari, and... That position, I want those two guys here. You want Mike Kafka here. The way they blended the offensive philosophies of KC and Buffalo with Dable and Kafka, you would like to see Kafka here another year. If Kafka goes, I think Shea Tierney is a very good chance, the quarterback's coach, to get promoted to be offensive coordinator. He interviewed for the offensive coordinator position with the Buccaneers. Tierney's been with Dable going back to their time together in Alabama. Tierney is right about the same age as when Dable got his first offensive coordinator position. He's young. He's in his mid-30s. But I think 
that would be the way to go. And then a wrinkle off of that, would the Giants hire Davis Webb to be a first-time quarterbacks coach to replace Tierney? Those are the, the scenarios that have been speculated upon. Dayball could have some other things up his sleeve, but this late in the game, with the way he developed his coaching staff, I got to imagine that he knows that the quality of coach that he has brought onto his staff are going to get other opportunities. So I would imagine the Giants have spent a lot of time talking about if this happens, then we go this route. It's what Joe Shane said a lot last year about how the Giants mapped their plans out for the offseason. If this guy accepts a contract or this guy doesn't take a pay cut, then we do this, vice versa. If he does, then we don't have to do this. And that's how I think Brian Dable will approach things. So that'll wrap up this Super Bowl edition. My pick, I think the Chiefs win. I think it'll be a close game. In the end, I think Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey get it done. And Steve Spagnuolo, old friend of the Giants, also an old eagle. And I think Spagnola gets another ring on Andy Reid's staff. Close one, Chiefs win. I'll give it a, a field goal late, Patrick Mahomes is the MVP and away we go. So Brian Dable, coach of the year, capping a great year for him as a first time head coach. And we'll be back with all in episodes as warranted. If we don't see you over the next couple of weeks, we will be back for the last week of February slash first week of March at the Combine, we'll plan on doing a series of shows from the Combine and kick off the draft season for the New York Giants, who, for the first time in quite a while, 2016, are not picking in the top 10. Thanks for always being all in, and we'll stay the same. Talk to you next time.